Hello, my dear listeners. You found your way to Counter Melody, and I couldn't be more delighted to welcome you to my podcast. Once again, and as always, I'm your host, Daniel Gundlach, and I'm here to present to you the finest exponents, both renowned and less well-known, of the art of song. Sometimes it just seems as if the world has turned completely upside down, but it is my fervent hope, even in these difficult times, that the artists I present here may brighten our path with their luminous voices and inspire us on our search toward a better and more hopeful future. And now, this week's episode. Hi there, everyone. It has been just a wonderful month here at Counter Melody. First of all, thank you to the many who reached out to me after the latest Forgotten Divas episode that featured Gwendolyn Killebrew. So many of you had memories of her. Some of you had never heard of her before. I even had a message from Gail Gilmore, who sang Penthesilea so brilliantly on that clip from the Deutsche Oper in Düsseldorf. And of course, last week we also celebrated, with great fanfare and love, the 97th birthday of Leontine Price. She deserves all the accolades, all of the kudos. She is and was unique, and we love her madly. Today, I have a singer to present to you, the majority of whose career took place in Germany and German-speaking Europe. She lived here for more than 30 years, and she sang a repertoire quite similar to Miss Price. If you are one of the lucky few, you've heard of her before. And if not, oh my goodness, you are in for a treat. Her name is Annabelle Bernard. Let's start with her performing D'Amour Sulali Rosé from an opera she was born to sing, Verdi's Il Trovatore. This is a live recording from the Bayerische Staatsoper in Munich in the year 1972. Yeah. 
Annabelle Bernard was born in New Orleans in the year 1935. She first began performing publicly, both in school and in church. When she entered high school, she received her training from Edwin Hogan. If the name Hogan brings to mind the late composer Moses Hogan, you make the association correctly because Edwin Hogan was Moses's uncle. Encouraged by Edwin Hogan, Annabelle Bernard auditioned for Sister Mary Elise Sisson, who was the head of the music department at Xavier University. She obtained a scholarship and studied voice under Sister Elise for four years. While a student there, Annabelle Bernard was heard and became a patron of Edith Rosenwald Stern, the daughter of Julius Rosenwald, a wealthy businessman, who was a part owner and president of Sears Roebuck and Company. Support from Edith Stern enabled Annabelle to attend the Mozarteum in Salzburg, as well as the Musikhochschule in Stuttgart. In 1960, she won second prize in the ARD competition in Munich. In 1962, she made her debut at the Deutsche Oper here in Berlin, singing the title role of Aida. I think you could hear from that first recording that I played for you that Annabelle Bernard was a natural Verdi soprano. She had all of the flexibility, the floaty quality, the power, the evenness of scale to do full justice to the music of Giuseppe Verdi. And that's precisely what she did at the Deutsche Oper for nearly 40 years, where her repertoire also encompassed French opera. She sang, for instance, Antonia in Tales of Hoffmann, Puccini. She was particularly celebrated for her Giorgetta in Il Tabarro, contemporary opera, including countless premieres of new work, as well as works a bit more off the beaten path, including Saverio Mercadante's opera Il Giuramento. We're going to hear examples from many, but not all, of these. The reason we're not going to hear a wider spectrum of material is because Annabelle Bernard made only one commercial recording, and that was in the year 1964. This recording was for the Philips label, excerpts from Gershwin's Porgy and Bess. As usual with recordings of excerpts from Porgy over the years, two singers often take on various roles. So on this recording, Annabelle Bernard sings My Man's Gone Now, Summertime, as well as Bess's two duets with Porgy. Lawrence Winters, in one of his last recordings before his untimely death at the age of 49 in 1965, sings not only Porgy, but also Sport and Life. The recording was touted as being the premier commercial recording of Porgy and Bess auf Deutsch. Let us hear one of the big, gorgeous duets from that opera, it's interesting, instead of Bess, you is my woman now, or Porgy, I's your woman now, to hear Bess, du bist nun meine Frau, or Porgy, ich bin deine Frau. But it is rare to hear these roles sung by such sumptuous voices. <laughs> Thank you. 
Abend, Tag und Nacht, ob Sommer oder Winter ist. Best, ich bin dein Annabelle Bernard also made guest appearances throughout German-speaking Europe, including Hamburg, Munich, as we heard in the Trovatore, and the Wiener Staatsoper. But her home company was always the Deutsche Oper, and when she had the opportunity to sink her teeth into the repertoire that best suited her, she grabbed that opportunity and ran with it. From the Deutsche Oper Berlin, there exists a live recording of a concert performance of Saverio Mercadante's opera Il Giuramento, in which Annabel Bernard sings the soprano role of Elaiza, Agnes Balza sings the role of the detested rival Bianca, Jose Carreras sings the role of the love interest Viscardo, and the superb American baritone Robert Kearns sings the role of the heavy Manfredo. If you don't know Mercadante's operas, he is one of those Italian composers who bridges the gap between the pure bel canto composers Bellini and Donizetti and the early operas of Giuseppe Verdi, displaying characteristics of both of these. Il Giuramento is based on the same source material as Ponchelli's La Gioconda, 
Angelo Tyrant de Padoue of Victor Hugo. La Gioconda is frequently criticized for the implausibility of the plot and the less-than-savvy actions of any and, indeed, all of the principals. Elaiza is the equivalent of La Gioconda, and in the second act, she has a duet with her bitter rival, Bianca, who is, as is Elaiza, in love with Viscardo. But, unfortunately for Elaiza, Bianca has intervened with her husband, the Duke of Syracuse, to save the life of Elaiza's father when he was condemned to death. So now Elaiza, indebted to Bianca, has sworn to protect her, hence the juramento of the title. In the second act, the bitter rivals meet, and this would be the equivalent, I guess, of the duet between La Gioconda and her bitter rival Laura in Act Two of Ponchelli's work. In Mercadante's case, however, the two rivals, instead of scratching each other's eyes out, end up commiserating with each other about how difficult it is to love the same man. In addition, compared to La Gioconda, the musical language of Il Giuramento is quite different. It has much more in common with early to middle period Verdi, say, the Verdi of Louisa Miller, for example. Here's that delicious duet beginning with the restative, a qual nome pronunciate, followed by the cantilena Dolce Conforto al Misero. We hear Annabelle Bernard with Agnes Pauza and Gerd Albrecht leading the orchestra of the Deutsche Oper Berlin in this live performance from September 
Annabelle Bernard was married to a fellow member of the ensemble of the Deutsche Oper, a tenor, a white man named Karl Ernst Merker. They often performed together, particularly in contemporary operas that were being produced in profusion at the Deutsche Oper Berlin. In my mind's ear, there are wonderful live recordings of these floating around somewhere, just waiting to be rescued for listeners like you and me. One work in particular that I would love to find a recording of was the world premiere of Montezuma by Roger Sessions, which was performed, as such works were in that time, in a German translation, and which afforded the Deutsche Oper a great deal of visibility, including a 1964 article in the New York Times by none other than a young Peter Maxwell Davies in which both Bernard and Merke were singled out in particular. I did find a recording of another high-profile world premiere at the Deutsche Oper, but before we listen to that, let's hear a couple brief examples of the voice of Karl Ernst Merke. I would say Merke was a cross between a spieltenor and a lyric tenor. We will hear two brief excerpts of him, first in the role of Walter von der Vogelweide in a live performance of Tannhäuser with Wolfgang Savalisch in Perugia in October 1972. This is Walter's brief arioso, den Bronnen, den uns Wolfram nannte. Den Bronnen, den uns Wolfram nannte, ihn schaut auch meines Geistes Doch der in Durst für ihn entbrannte, du, Heinrich, kennst ihn wahrlich nicht. Lass dir denn sagen, lass dich lehren, der Bronnen ist die Tugend wahr. Du sollst ihn voice of this quality and this weight, it's quite natural also that Merke would appear frequently in operetta, as he did often in the second tenor part in recordings opposite Rudolf Schock. But the other selection that we're going to hear is not operetta, but rather the Vienna premiere of Leo Janacek's comic opera, The Excursions of Mr. Brauchek in a live performance in January 1971, in which Karl Ernst Merke sang the title role of the bumbling, drunken Mr. Brauchek, 
who has a series of fanciful adventures, including a trip to the moon. In this brief excerpt that we will now hear, Mr. Brauchek has just landed on the moon and is unable to wrap his mind around what has happened. And he hears briefly from a lunar creature as portrayed by tenor Wolfgang Witte. Jaroslav Krompolch leads the orchestra of the Wiener Volksoper. About a year ago, I heard from one of my listeners who brought Annabelle Bernard to my attention and requested that I do an episode on her. At that time, there were very few recordings of her available. But over the course of the year, a former student of hers has posted on YouTube brief excerpts from some of her Verdi performances. In doing a little further digging, I also came up with that recording of the Mercadante and also this, a very fascinating work by Luigi Dalla Piccola, the world premiere of his opera Ulisse that was performed in Berlin in September 1968 in German translation under the title Odysseus. This performance was conducted by Lauren Mazel and starring in the title role, the Swedish baritone Erik Soiden, and featuring some of the most important members of the Deutsche Oper Ensemble, including Annabel Bernard, Karl Ernst Merker, Catherine Geyer, Hildegard Hillebrecht, Jean Madeira, Lauren Driscoll, Helmut Melchert, Victor von Halem, Barbara Scherler, whom we heard very briefly last week in the live recording with Gwendolyn Killebrew of the Zimmermann Vocal Symphony on Die Soldaten, and a very young José Van Damme. The opera is composed in 12-tone and serial techniques, but has moments of typical Dalla Piccola lyricism, including the very first scene of the prologue in which we encounter Calypso alone on the beach, mourning the departure of Ulysses. Calypso is the very first voice that the audience hears at the beginning of Ulysse, and she is portrayed by Annabelle Bernard, who here demonstrates her ability to handle the most thorny musical idioms.
As I was researching the life of Annabelle Bernard, I reached out to my friend David Knutsen, who was a colleague of her and Merkers at the Deutsche Oper. He told me that she was an enormously compelling performer, a good colleague, very proud of her Creole roots, and a good friend of the mezzo-soprano Patricia Johnson, who also was fest at the Deutsche Oper. He also mentioned to me that Karl Ernst Merke was a great defender of his wife. He acted as her protector in the face of the not infrequent, blatant displays of racism that she encountered. While David could not remember any specific incidents, he did tell me that Karl Ernst Merke, when he was engaged to sing the role of Monostatos, the Moor in Magic Flute, refused to perform it in blackface, which was the order of the day in the Germany of the 60s and 70s, even up to practically the present day. In 1998, Annabelle Bernard and Karl Ernst Merke retired from the Deutsche Oper and moved to New Orleans, where Bernard became a voice teacher at her alma mater, Xavier University. Earlier in the year 1976, she had also been the first black woman to perform a leading role with the New Orleans opera, Magdalena di Quagny, in Andrea Chénier, and what I wouldn't give to hear her sing La Mamma Morta. Alas, I do not have such a recording in my possession at the moment, but believe me, I'm continuing my search high and low for further material with this magnificent singer, but I am going to share with you what I do have. Let us return first to that live Trovatore from Munich in the year 1972. We heard the beautiful D'Amor Sullali Rosé at the top of the episode. Now let us listen to the first act aria of Leonora, Tace alla Notte, followed by the Cabaletta di Tale Amor. I'm particularly impressed with the ease with which Annabelle Bernard moves her voice, and also her absolutely stunning high note.
The title role of Aida does not require enormous flexibility, but it does require a voice of both creamy beauty and the power to ride a full orchestra. There's a live recording of Annabelle Bernard performing the title role of Aida in a guest appearance in Hamburg in the year 1975. Two excerpts from that recording have been published on YouTube, and I'm going to play you portions of each of them. First, let's listen to the second verse of O Patria Mia. I often complain about black lyric sopranos being pigeonholed into the role of Aida, but Annabelle Bernard is not merely a lyric voice. She sings very lyrically, but she has all of the vocal characteristics the right weight, the right color, and the most gorgeous high notes that are required, really required, for this role to make its full impact.
I want to return for a moment to Mercadante's Il Giuramento. There are so many beautiful moments from this recording, and I will post on the show notes page of my newly resuscitated website a link to the complete performance. But I'd like to play for you Elaiza's very, very beautiful aria at the top of Act 3 of Il Giuramento after her rival has been brought to her in an apparently lifeless state, much as Laura is brought to La Gioconda in the last act of Ponchielli's opera. But in this case, Elaiza goads Viscardo into stabbing her, leading him to believe that she has indeed murdered his love, Bianca. This is perhaps the most beautiful example of Annabelle Bernard displaying all of the traits that make her so very special indeed. Ma negli estremi stanti.
I'm so honored to have been able to present to you the exquisite voice and artistry of this pathbreaker, Annabelle Bernard. Thank you so much for joining me and for reveling in her accomplishment and achievement. In putting this episode together, I made use of information that I got on a page on the life and career of Annabelle Bernard, posted on the website of the Amistad Research Center, which is in possession of her papers. There's also a wonderful page about Annabelle Bernard, posted on the website creolgen.org. I'll post links to both of these on the show notes page for the podcast which you can find at countermelodypodcast.com. Annabelle Bernard died at the age of 69 in New Orleans on the 29th of January, 2005. After her death, Karl Ernst Merke remained in New Orleans, dying in November 2021. At the time of her death, Annabelle Bernard issued a statement expressing her thanks to her mentors, the women who had most influenced and helped her in her career. The statement functions almost as a credo, not only an artistic one, but one, I dare say, that she applied in every aspect of her life. To follow God's divine instructions, we must keep our eyes focused to observe wonderful things and individuals with love in their hearts. Sister Mary Elise was a disciplined nun with much love in her heart for Xavier University students. She vocally trained her students in classical music, dedicating not only herself as a vocal music professor, but also implanting discipline and character in her students. Sister Elise was a friend, mother, and professor to me for life. The training Sister Mary Elise started with me in college reflected the training that my mother, Mrs. Clotilde Bernard, gave me at home and continued with my mentor, Mrs. Edith Stern. These women instilled in me things I have carried with me throughout my professional career. Because of these three exceptional women, I had the courage to rise above hypocrisy and what seemed at the time impossibilities that through hard work became possible. I believe, however, that human beings are placed on a God-given path. Sister Mary Elise, Mrs. Stern, and my mother were the necessary guides to lead me to my present and future life. When the curtain falls, our response to God will not be what part we played, but how well we played the part that was assigned to us. To round off the episode, I'd like to play for you the final duet of Radames and Aida, as heard in that live recording from Hamburg of Verdi's Aida. We begin with the moment when Aida sees the angel of death descending, Vedi di morte l'angelo, leading into that beautiful final duet, O terra Dio. Annabel Bernard is joined in this duet by the Italian tenor Bruno Prevedi, and the final words of Amneris are intoned by another Italian singer, mezzo-soprano Bianca Berini.
my dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach.